will be encouraged and strengthened today. You'll find a guest card in your welcome materials. Please fill that out and turn it in at the information desk that's right back here or the basket that's um, right on the wall right there by the information desk. We'd love to greet you personally if you have a few minutes after the service. And if you are a guest with us live streaming, which was not right now. <laughs> so um, let's see here. It is so exciting to be at Trinity today. And I can't wait for you guys to hear the message because I already heard it in the first service and it's, it's so amazing. Um, it's just a joy to worship in song, to worship in prayer, to worship in fellowship, and to worship in the preaching of God's word. It is a joy to be here. Welcome, Trinity. I have a few announcements to highlight. If you are in the college and career season of life, please meet Tanner and Anna Basosa this morning. They are now meeting um, two Fridays a month with the College and Career and would love to have you join them. The new dates for September will be on the website this week. College and Career Group seeks to strengthen you in this season of life. We know there's so many different things the college and career person is facing and to be anchored in Christ and in the body of Christ is irreplaceable. And attention to all those who are in junior high and high school, Resolved is having a fifth set Sunday event, which is today. Um, meet at Cosmic Creamery today at 4 p.m. It's located in Titus Landings. And please, family and siblings, please come and be welcome at that event, too. That'll be really fun. And beginning next Sunday at 3.30 at the Durham's home, Resolved will be starting a six-week study on the parables of Jesus. So that's going to be great. Due to the limits of COVID, the children's ministry um, here at Trinity has been unable to staff the nursery and the two children's classes. And so Patty Patrick, who is our children's ministry coordinator, is going to have a short informational meeting next Sunday after the second service for those interested in serving or even just discussing the possibility of possibly like a kid's co-op. She'll be able to fill you in next Sunday. Um, and after that second service in that meeting, you can see her, you can text her, with the number on the screen, if you have any questions, wondering what's that about. So that's exciting to think of. Um, and then baptism. Have you been wanting to be baptized, but maybe you're just not sure about it? Well, now is a great time for that. You can sign up for baptism online on our website or at the table right over here at the event center. And if you have any questions about baptism, please see one of the elders or community group leader, ask some questions. We also have a, a lot of great information on the website to answer questions. One of the articles I love on there is, what is baptism and how important is it? Another one is, is my child ready for baptism? There's some other great resources there as well. And lastly, if you want to connect at Trinity, um, please subscribe to the e-bulletin. It will keep you updated on events and opportunities, ways to serve. Thank you for being here this morning, Trinity. It's such a joy to serve and grow with you all. Let's stand together. This is our call to worship. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's why we're here. That's what we're doing this morning. We are here to proclaim the excellencies of him 
who called you and I out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let's worship our God.
Stay. 
First John 1 9. Um, that's a scripture that I've run to so many times and cried out to the Lord. I know it was for me again this morning, but I think it might be for some of you. First John 1 9 says, If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you. And not only to forgive you, but to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. This morning, if anything would be in your heart and you're thinking, I'm just struggling or maybe my sin is right there, but maybe you're not sure what to do with it. So clear. Christ is calling out to us. Just confess your sin. He is faithful. He is just to forgive you and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Jesus is calling 
your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. piggyback on that and from 1 Corinthians 13 when I was a child I spoke like a child 
I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Think about where Kim spurred your heart the darkest moment of your life and your sin that only you and God know. But God knows you fully and he still sent his son to the cross for you. He knows us more than we know ourselves and more than what anyone who thinks they know us well. He knows you fully and he knows those moments and he loves you and is for you. We're now going to transition our time of worship to our worship and giving and our offering. Um, if you're with us this morning, we're not passing the plate. If you've been with us, you know this. Uh, there are boxes on the back um, for offering as well as you can go online trinityfla.org, go to the giving page, and right there, there's a secure website called Tithely. You can give there. Um, The giving and the support of Trinity and the ministries comes from our members. So if you're visiting with us this morning, we want to encourage you, do not feel obligated at all. But with that said, even for our members this morning, we do not give out of obligation, right? We do not give in order to get from God. We give because he is a God who has given so much. So with that, please pray with me that we would be a church who stewards what God has given us well. Father God, thank you so much for being a God who has given us resources like money and homes. And thank you that you have ultimately given us your son so that we may know you, that we may be with you, and that we may worship you forever. Father, take these tithes and offerings to advance your kingdom here in Titusville, in Cocoa, Port St. John, in Mims, across Florida, across America, and across the world, so that your name may be exalted in the nations. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And for those of you who don't know me, my name is Josiah. I'm one of the pastor elders here at Trinity. Um, and before we get to our worship and the preaching of God's word, I want to take a quick moment and answer the question, what is expositionally preaching? What We talk about that a lot here at Trinity, and it's something that we are very committed to. I want to answer what it is and why we do it in two minutes. This could really be like a six-week seminar in and of itself, so bear with me. Um, Anglican minister John Stott, who passed away five years, put it this way. Exposition refers to the content of the sermon biblical truth, rather than its style, a running commentary. To expound scripture is to bring out of the text what is there and expose it to view. The expositor opens what appears to be closed, makes plain what is obscure, unravels what is knotted, and unfolds what is tightly packed. Why do we preach exposition? Well, for one, there, 
It's God, the Bible, the word of God is God's special revelation to mankind. It's how we know God primarily. It's how we know his character. It's how we know his attributes. And it's how we know we come to know the creator and the king of the universe. Secondly, the Bible, the word of God, is our authority. Neither Tim or Alex or Rick or myself or anyone else who stands in this pulpit has any inherent authority of our own. We, like anyone else in this room, are fallen individuals, redeemed by our Savior, Jesus Christ. We are not some sage who you come to for wisdom. Instead, we submit ourselves and submit to you the Word of God every Sunday. And with that, we seek to live, excuse me, center our lives around it and submit to its authority. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 puts it this way. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And that equipping is the last part I want to comment on. The word, the preaching of the word of God equips the church, the body of Christ, for the work of God. It's what we saw equip the body of Christ in the very beginning, the, the, the start of the church in Acts 2. Acts 2.42 uh, says it this way, And they devoted themselves through the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. The apostles' teaching is what we have right here in the Word of God. And that is what we are going to be dedicated as a church here, this localized body of Christ here at Trinity, to submitting ourselves to, to learning from, to growing in. In Acts 2, at the end of that chapter, in verse 47, it says this, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. In one of our elder meetings recently, it was brought up that our church will not grow based off of an amazing strategy session. It will not grow based off an amazing vision. The mission has been set forth to us today. It has been entrusted to us in the preaching of God's word. So with that said, I want to invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's word. In Isaiah 57, starting in verse 14. In a passage many of us might not have read before. And it's no less the word of God than John 3.16. Isaiah 57, starting in verse 14. And it shall be said, build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him, who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. For I will not contend forever, nor will I always be angry. For the spirit would grow faint before me and the breath of life that I made because of the iniquity of his unjust gain, I was angry. I struck him. I hid my face and was angry, but he went on backsliding in the way of his own heart. I have seen his ways, but I will heal him. I will lead him 
and restore comfort to him and his mourners, creating the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to the far and to the near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like the tossing sea, for it cannot be quiet, and its waters toss up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Josiah. And thanks for the expository preaching thoughts. And uh, just add to that, we would never preach this scripture if it wasn't for expository preaching. It's what we love about that is the preacher is, his hands are tied to preach the text that's in front of him. And uh, the points of the sermon come from the point of the scripture. We're not making this stuff up. You should be able to, when any of us preach and we say, here's the point, you should be able to go, and it's right there. It's right there. So thank you for being here this morning. Uh, for those of you who are our guests, my name's Tim. I'm one of the pastor elders here at Trinity, and we're thrilled that you are here with us worshiping our God. Want to, uh, from the outset, uh, pause and pray, not only over the preaching of the word, but um, a friend, Loon, many of you know Loon. He has preached here before. He's uh, leading a church plant over in Brandon, Florida. Uh, this past week, his brother passed at a young age. Uh, he had been ill. Uh, no, it's not COVID-related, but um, just want to lead us in prayer for Loon. Father God, we lift up Loon to you. We lift up the Nguyen family and just ask that you would comfort them, give them grace in their time of need. Lord, we pray that there would be just sustaining grace, strengthening grace, Lord, comforting grace, Lord, that they would, as they do funeral, as family gathers, Lord, that there would just be a sweet sense of your presence with them. Lord, please bless our friend Loon. Lord, and we pray for the preaching of your word. God, we, we recognize that outside of your spirit, being active in our lives this morning, then this preacher has just got a bunch of words to throw out to the air. Lord, we are dependent on your presence. We are dependent on your spirit's work in our lives through the preaching of your word. So please come and help us humble ourselves, put ourselves under your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, we are all the way up to chapter 57. Um, We started the book of Isaiah in September of 2019, so we're close to to being at it for a year, and uh, uh, we'll be at it through September and I think October as well. We're going to dive right in. Big idea this morning is God, who is high and lifted up, comes to the contrite and the lowly. That's the, that's the big sense of what this text is going to show us. And if we were to put the big sense in a sentence, it would be that. God, who is high and lifted up, comes to the contrite and lowly. Point number one, God is high and lifted up. Verse 14, and it shall be said, build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up. Right out of the gate, 
build up, build up. It's a repeated phrase. It's repeated, right? It's not an accident. It's not happenstance. That it's not that Isaiah, inspired by the Holy Spirit, just kind of forgot himself and said it twice like we do. No, it's repeated to add emphasis because God is certain about something. God has purposed himself about something. And it is this, God will build up. He has purposed to, to do so. There will be a building up and there will be a peace. He repeats himself twice later on in verse number 19 as well. And Christ is the ultimate builder. He's the one that does the building up. He's the one who will come and do verse 14, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. Christ himself will do that very thing. And the reason why he will do that, it's because it's who our God is. Our God is the God of verse number 14. God's not a God of barriers, all right? He removes the obstructions. He removes that which keeps you. If you are distant from God, listen, the hang-up is not with God. God desires to be known. God has revealed himself. Listen, this book is not, a, is not something that we're to decode, it's not something that we got to look at every third word or every seventh word. Seven's a magic number in the book of the, you know, in God's word or something. We got we to gotta, we gotta figure out what's the code and find out what's really being said here. No, God is a God who wants to be known. It's why we have it in print is he's making himself accessible to us. He removes every obstacle. He's not a God of barriers. He prepared the way. Friends, you and I don't prepare the way and you and I don't remove the obstacles. If you're a believer here this morning, it's because God has done verse 14 in your life. Praise be to God. Your works, your morality, your religious activity will never remove any obstacle between you and God. You can go about all your religious activity. It will not remove the obstacle. It will not prepare. That's what the Lord does. And so the call of Isaiah 57 is not some sort of new work your way toward him. Do what you can to remove the obstacles. The calling of Isaiah 57 is not to self-atone. It's to humbly come to him. Nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. And the rest of this chapter, these verses, show us just how far will God go to build up, build up, prepare the way, and remove every obstacle. What, well, to what extent will God accomplish that? Again, verse 15 for thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place. Meaning, meaning God dwells where you and I don't. God is transcendent. He is beyond us. He is the creator. We are the created. 
Now, I want to recall to your memory Alex's sermon from last week, the first half of this chapter 57. And I want to ask you, what is the overarching sin of Israel in chapter 57? And I want to ask you, what's the overarching sin in the whole book of Isaiah? Because we've preached it many times. Because we've quoted John Calvin many times that our hearts are an idol factory. Answer to the question, what's the big overarching sin in Israel? It's idolatry. It's this idea of let's, let's God's great. That God, it's not as if they were entirely rejecting God. They had a form of religion about them. But the issue was, is let's go to the surrounding nations and let's pull in their gods as well because that'll be helpful for us, because we don't know. Sometimes God might be coming through for us like we define that. And then sometimes maybe we need to call on the other nation's gods as well. And that's what brought them to judgment and found, they find themselves in the captivity of Babylon. This is what they were doing. They were taking the false gods of this world and what? Lifting them up. And in doing so, they were taking God who is high and lifting up, and they were belittling him. They were lowering him. Now, God will lower himself. We'll see that. But man is not called to do so. God, here in the text, is the one who is high and lifted up. It's who he is. Is. He just, his being is high and lifted up. It's some people struggle with that idea that God is saying of himself, he, that he is high and lifted. Do not struggle. Listen, if you create the universe, your essence is high and lifted up. You are higher. You are above all that you have created. It's who you are. And that's who our God is. He is high and lifted up. And that's amazing. But what's more amazing is he who is high and lifted up, he who is transcendent, lowers himself to those who are arrogant and lift themselves up, right? Like that's what we do in our sinfulness, in our pride, we go about lifting ourselves up. What does God do? He who is high and lifted up lowers himself to rescue a people who lift themselves up. We are insane sinners, God who is high and lifted up comes to the contrite and the lowly. He is lifted up. He is transcendent. We are the created. Now we are created in the image of God. Yes, we are not God. He is beyond us and beyond all that is. But that's not all. That's amazing that God is transcendent. But secondly, our God is near. Verse 15 again, for thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place. And also, where does he dwell? With him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit. All right, so our God is high and lifted up. He's transcendent. He's beyond us. Our God is near. The word is imminent. Our God is near to us. This is such a big deal. This is the gospel. Do you understand? This is why, if you are saved, this is why you are saved. 
Do you see the gospel here in this passage? It should, it should be recalling to your mind, oh, we could go straight to Philippians 2 here at this point. God who is high and lifted up. God who is transcendent beyond us. Humbled as himself. He takes on the form. He takes on human form. He becomes a servant to us. This week in our community group, Mike Johnson's leading the group, and we are doing the RC Sproul study. We're behind, I think, all the other groups. We're back in lesson seven, and lesson seven's about the omnipresence of God. And then listening to that session this week, I was just blown away. And I know, we know, like omnipresent, we know, okay, yeah, that means God's everywhere, present, okay, blah, 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 blah. Um, Mike was just challenging us to think, like, what difference does that make? Or how does that affect us? And, and I just share, it humbles me to think that God is not, it's not that he's just everywhere present. It's that all that he is, is everywhere present. Okay? So it's not as if, you know, he's sovereign in Florida and he's gracious in Oregon and he's judgment in Louisiana and he's whatever else, wherever else in the rest of the world. It's not that he's piecing himself out all over the universe. It's all of God, all that he is, sovereign, just, merciful, holy, righteous, all of him is all present everywhere all the time. Yeah. Boom, (laughs) right? Like absolutely blows my mind because as we're discussing it as a community group, I'm going, that's my God who dwells with the lowly who is me. You, the lowly, the God who is transcendent, high and lifted up is imminent you don't have a part of God in you. You have all of who God is. When you say, I have the spirit of God, he, he lives in me. You, you, you need to understand 